Welcome to another great edition of Talking Tigs. I'm Scott Gerard. Join with me tonight, as always, is Tommy Johnson and Daniel Zollinger. Uh, probably got a light one for you today. We uh, just got another scrimmage in the books and uh, just another week towards that opening day, which we're all kind of looking for. Uh, lesson 14 now, as it stands. Uh, then maybe a little bit of uh, different news out of LSU basketball world. But other than that, not too much, which, you know, as we've said before, can be a good thing, uh, especially when you're entering into a, a preseason football, uh, you know, environment. Uh, but um, other than that, man, I, I had a pretty good week myself. Uh, what about you guys? Are you uh, still kind of just quiet before the storm with this uh, before the season starts? Yeah, pretty much. Good to be back with you again this week. You know, just counting down the days, really. We got uh, week zero this week, right? We're going to be able to actually watch some real Division One college football starting on, I guess, what, Thursday probably? So um, I'm excited to see that. We're going we're to be previewing all the games, you know, this this LSU schedule in this podcast. But um, early preview, you know, we're going to get to see uh, LSU's opponent, UCLA. They're playing a game in week zero before they play us. So we'll get to kind of see how see how this team is and, and get a little bit of early scouting on them. But um, – yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, me too. Like you said, it's great to have college football less than a week away. Uh, episode 107 feels like just yesterday we were doing episode seven where we talked about our like favorite player to wear number seven. Uh, I think I picked Leonard Fournette, um, but now we got Derek Stingley. Hopefully he can uh, represent the team well. But yeah, excited to dig into the the season predictions and, and stuff here with y'all. Right on. Uh, so, it, I mean, I... I want to get into the schedule, but I don't know. Like, uh, I think one of you said earlier, it was about, um, you know, breakout players and such like that. So pretty much at this point, all you have to go on is what people are reporting out of camp. You know, it's like access is very limited, even for media. You know, the videos they released, I feel like it's mostly just, you know, what's approved by the football team. Uh, hopefully, you know, they can uh, – return back to form you remember how it was with will stout you know a couple of years ago it was just like top of the line same same with the team that year it was just top of the line video footage so i'm hoping they can uh return to that as well uh but you know as as far as what you can get out of camp you know it's it's very limited in what you can so you can get stats from the scrimmage which we have uh you know they they bode mostly well i, I heard that it was uh, really good for the defense at first and the offense kind of came back and held their own, but you know, both sides representing well, but, uh, I, you know, I don't know. It's, um, Nussmeyer had another, had another good game from what I heard. I think he threw yeah. three TDs. He did like he, he had really good stats better than max, but you know, it's what, you know, what was, but that's what you get is you get the stats, but you don't get really the situation. Yeah. You don't know what, what kind of, you know, if he was facing the first defense, second defense, uh, you know, what, what the situation was really who knows but i mean it's still good because you know the guy's gonna have to step up if need be at some point in the season but uh we we knew he could sing it sling it yeah i mean we all know he can sling it it was just uh gonna be careful with it and be productive which i don't know it looks like that's was the case in the scrimmage so um, yeah nussmeyer threw it 32 times just pretty wild um i guess if you're going against like since stingley and ricks sat out this one again which i don't know if that's starting to be a concern or not um but since they're still out yeah he was against like the third string defense pretty much but yeah still put up big numbers i think they kind of rested max a little bit too he only well he threw 19 times for 125 and a touchdown but like weren't running too crazy but 
he did all right. So I think still pretty set on him for week one. And yeah, I think the the main thing is like getting those players and then uh, John Emery and Ty Davis Price sat out this one as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, So the younger running backs got some more work. Hopefully everybody can get healthy in time for uh, a week and a half when we take on UCLA. Well, it seems like with, with the amount of injury kind of issues that we've had and just trying to, uh, which, I mean, I guess we, I wouldn't say we've been plagued, but there've been some injuries that you don't, that, you know, you don't want to see going into the, going into the first week. So it's probably smart to start to, to sit everybody. I'm not as concerned about Singley and Ricks. I feel like it's more just precautionary because they don't, it's not like they need to prove that they're, that they're the, the first string quarterbacks. Right. And uh, I guess you could, I, I wonder if you can say the same for, for uh, Ty Davis Price and John Emery. So it, you, you would imagine they would be the starting running backs, but like, do you, do you really need to see them right now? If they're healthy, like if they're 90% and they just want to make them a hundred before they even put them in front of contact again, you know, I say, yeah, let's, let's go for it. We don't need to see them until UCLA, like, keep them fresh. But uh, I don't know. Do you think, how much of this do you think is by design to where it's like, you know what, they could practice, like if it was game week, you know, would they be practicing? You know, if it was the like the week before Alabama, would they be practicing? Uh, that that might, you know, g- give you an indication either way. But at this point, I don't think it really matters. But it, it does give the the backups or the uh, you know the freshmen, <laughs> you know, when you're looking at the running back depth, uh, gives them a chance to get some reps, maybe some shine, uh, and that's that's what you hear. You know, you all the basically the the number one starters, the the the, the name brand guys that we. Th- you know, think carry this team pretty much are all, all sitting out, uh, you know, as far as the, the DBs and running backs. So I, I don't know, uh, that allows guys to, to make a name for themselves. Who did you hear so far that, uh, I don't know, could, could really bode well as far as depth or, or maybe even someone that could become a starter on, on either side of the ball. Uh, one thing I saw was, the D-line D played well again, which we had talked about on our defense uh, preview a couple of weeks ago, yeah. especially the true freshman, uh, Mason Smith mm-hmm. and Xavier Carter. Smith had three sacks and Carter had two of his own. So uh, we knew that was probably going to be a position of strength. And really, if the true freshmen are making the sacks rain, then it uh, shows you got a lot of depth um, and something that you can really work with going into the season. So I'm excited about that. And then we had mentioned last week about the freshman wide receivers again. They uh, hauled in a lot of catches, especially – uh, Malik Neighbors and uh, Deion Smith again with a few. Uh, Devontae Lee, uh, LSU put out a highlight of him with like a toe tap in the back of the end zone uh, catch, which was pretty sick. Uh, so you can check that out. But yeah, those are two things I think stood out for for me in the scrimmage. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think that the for me, I guess the the main thing, like I already said it, but the the Garrett Nussmeyer throwing three touchdowns is is a big thing for me just because. Um, like we've, we've talked about for the past like three or four weeks, ever since the miles Brennan injury is the depth at quarterback. And you know, what's, what does that exactly mean? But I think that he's getting a lot of the the reps that, that we want to see. Um, do I think he's going to have to start this year? Probably not. Will he have to come in maybe, but um, I'm glad that he's not, you know, throwing just, just folding. Right. <laughs> he's just, you know, he's not just like a, just playing very poorly. And then, um, Daniel, I think you're right about the, the Mason Smith thing. Two, four, seven actually put out like a, uh, it's like preseason freshman, all American team. And, and Mason Smith was put on there. I think he's one of like, I think he's like the, one of the top like rated players in that, in that kind of 
All-American team or yeah, whatever. Yeah, I saw it too. So um, he seems to be everything that we thought he was going to be. I'm excited to see him on the field and the amount of depth that we're going to have at defensive line, right? I mean, it, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be just a treat to watch. The amount of rotation we're going to be able to do, everyone's going to be so fresh. So I'm excited to watch him get after uh, get after UCLA and, and hopefully you know really just give that quarterback a lot of trouble. Amen to that. And uh, it it almost seems like you know it's a we we kind of feel like we may have maybe have a, an embarrassment of riches at that position, which I can't really think of a except for maybe running back well uh, or a wide receiver in the last few years. It's like what position have we really had? Just you know someone where you just you're excited about the whole depth of the position. So the defensive line is that's, that's something you really need. Uh, Cause yeah, I don't know. I, I think with the, uh, you know, two years ago, it was, it was really helpful for us. It just, you know, gave us a stop here and there just to let the offense get another touchdown or two. Uh, it was just, it was such a high scoring offense that the other team had to be able to keep pace and it just one drive or two drives. It's enough to just, stop them a so the LSU could just win outright or just you know just kill their momentum so if, if the D-line has got plenty of guys that can rotate in and out you know maybe that just affords the offense uh just a little bit more time to breathe and just let stuff happen kind of like two years ago uh but we uh when we talked about the offense um you know we we, we could only touch on you know we didn't really know who was going to be in the running backs we we know John uh Emery and Ty Davis Price were the presumed starters. And, you know, as for guys to watch behind them, guys that we thought that are already making an impact just based on what we heard off of that, I guess it was the first scrimmage or just, you know, fall camp in general was uh, Armani Goodwin and, and uh, uh, Corey Kiner. But, you know, if you look at this last scrimmage and just what other people are saying, uh, Josh Williams is someone to watch out for. He had like the best stats of, of that second scrimmage seven carries 66 yards one touchdown he even got like a a special shout out from uh from uh jacob hester uh you know and this guy's really into the program he's watching everything his player there obviously he knows what's going on he knows what to look for and he he called him out specifically so i don't know i don't think any of us mentioned josh williams when we were talking about him but uh i don't know maybe this guy's going to be the uh, the breakout it's just you know whoever can perform when they get the opportunity right well, and if you remember last year, Williams, yeah, Williams is the guy who he went in like like after um, Chris Curry kind of or when Chris Chris Curry left, right, and then yeah. they were struggling yeah. with with Price and Emory and and Josh Williams ended up being like the number you know one of the number one uh, options towards the end of the season. So they must like him within the program. I wasn't in, you know all inspired by his performance on the field, but at that during you know last season but then again like i don't think our running back play in general was incredible so that might not have been necessarily his fault you know i think that that's something that that's kind of a dark horse to look out for and and something that would be kind of cool to see um he's not like you said he's not the big name you know Corey connor's mr ohio the the top you know top player in, in ohio as far as running back goes and then goodwin was somebody who everyone was very excited that we nabbed out of auburn um, you know, took away from them. And then of course the five-star Emory and the four-star price who everyone's known about. So, you know, Josh Williams is a little bit under the radar, like you said, but um, they seem to like him. And, and yeah, I mean, if he's having a good, a good camp, then I wouldn't be surprised if we saw him against UCLA, 
UCLA a little bit. Yeah, I remember seeing him get some carries towards the end of last season and be like, who in the world is this? And I think he was <laughs> even like a, a walk-on, like not even a scholarship mm-hmm. player you're right. getting carries as a true freshman. And I'm not sure if he's gotten that scholarship yet or not. I would, I would kind of hope so, but yeah, he's making the most of his opportunities for sure. And then as a sophomore, maybe he's got to step ahead of these other guys and will continue to get some work, but yeah, we'll see who kind of, I mean, we've broken it down a million times. Like we don't really have a true number one. It's just a mix of a whole bunch of bodies. Um, and I expect that to continue, especially in the early part of the season. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I wanted to dive into the schedule, but before we did, I just, I don't know. Was, was there any, any other uh, standout names that you guys maybe heard about or, uh, you know, just something that maybe you noticed like, well, you know, I expected to hear this name, but, uh, you know, I haven't heard it out of camp yet, which, you know, could go either way, but, um, yeah, I don't know anything that stood out to you guys either way. I will say, um, credit to Blake Rufino at, are you serious? AYS sports. And I don't know if this is true or not, but this is what he says. Supposedly Cardell Thomas is, is actually getting a lot of reps, in uh after you know some of the injuries that we've had with like Garrett Dellinger going down and at the offensive line, Cardell Thomas has made his his reappearance on the field and supposedly he's playing pretty well. So maybe we'll get to see Pancake Thomas this year. <laughs> I don't know. It's been a long time coming, but um I hope so. This is Tommy's like three year offensive line project. <laughs> yeah. kind of, I mean it is. I wanna I wonder where he's at. I remember when he was the he was the cornerstone of like the 2018 or, or 2019 recruiting class. And, and now he's not. <laughs> right. Well, I, I'm, I'm sure uh, KT is listening. If you are pancake, you know, Tommy's behind you and it's, yeah, you know, you it's got, up to you, big guy. We're all behind you actually, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's your, it's your time to shine. Uh, so uh, speaking of time to shine, uh, it's time to break down this schedule, which, you know, if you're looking at the first few weeks, you know, we got that big game starting out with UCLA. Then after that, you know, you, uh, you know, for lack of really a better term, you could say a couple cupcakes with McNeese state and central Michigan, although the Chippewas can be feisty. I'll say that. Uh, then it starts the sec slate with uh, Mississippi state in the fourth week, but uh, starting with game one, um, I don't know. I guess we could just, you know, go game by game with this, but uh, LSU, UCLA, you know, UCLA's had a lot of, well, they've, they've had a lot of hype with their coach, Chip Kelly, because you know of what he did with Oregon and what I guess was expected to happen when he went to the Philadelphia Eagles, but that didn't really work out in the pros, but you know, uh, you, you know, you can't, you can't judge a guy completely with that. Cause you know, look at Nick Saban. He's <laughs> he, he didn't fare too well in the pros, but he did just fine in college after that. I, I, I can't say the same about chip Kelly though, or mm. what's going on at UCLA, but uh, you know, it's just, it's a different game for your, for LSU. They, they're going to have to fly out to the West coast again, which is uh, you know, to give them credit, one of the few teams in the sec that's done that in the, like the last decade or two uh, LSU has gone out there more than once, but uh, I don't know. I, I think when they scheduled this game, uh, UCLA was was doing okay. I, I don't know. I think it might have even been, you know, right after UCLA had Brett Huntley and was mm-hmm. you know kind of in contention in the pack at the time, twelve. Uh, but not so much now. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I didn't think they fared too well last year, but I don't know. To me, it's still an exciting game. They got it as a marquee game, eight thirty on that Saturday, September four. Uh, and I have to like the the Tigers' chances. It's still you know, up in the air as far as 
I guess the game conditions, because, you know, I, supposedly it's going to be a full stadium, but, you know, they're going to have to wear masks. Uh, hopefully they have enough Miller Lite for all the LSU fans, but <laughs> uh, I don't know. I'll throw it to you, Tommy. Uh, do, you, do you see this is um, 1-0 for LSU after after this uh, what was really going to work out to be a, a great, another great start to, to the weekend in college football, but this is like the marquee game on Saturday. You got the Tigers going 1-0 like I do? I think as an overview, yes, I do. Um, I, we'll probably want to get into this game a little bit, you know, a, a little bit more in depth, especially after we can watch UCLA play um, this coming week. And then, you know, kind of just looking forward to that game, looking forward to our preview of, you know, week one, but overview. Yeah. I think, I think this is definitely a winnable game. I think we should win this game. I think we have the, we have the better talent. Um, I, I, I would imagine that, that we're going to be the best defense that, UCLA is going to see the entire year. Um, I know that their quarterback, Dorian Thompson Robinson, uh, who, you know, he's, he's kind of been an up and down guy for them, but he, he kind of came on strong towards the end of last year. Um, and he can throw the ball around, you know, he's a talent, he's, he's talented like that, but I don't know if he's, I don't know if he's faced a defense like we're going to have, he's going to be pressured. That's where, that's where this, uh, this depth at, at defensive line that we just finished talking about comes in. I mean, we're going to, I, I hope, and I, I would think in our best case scenario, we're going to be pressuring the heck out of him. He's not going to have any time to, to throw at all. And then when he does, he's going to be trying to pick between, do I throw it? Do I throw it Elias Ricks or do I throw it Derek Stingley? So I, for me, I think that this is going to be, um, especially on the, for us on a defense, I think we're going to be okay. Uh, I think the challenge, I could see the challenge being, let's let's get into let's get this new offense going with a a younger quarterback a younger quarterback new offensive coordinator and some questions at uh some questions at the offensive line and some questions at running back um i mean i think we're pretty much set on wide receivers i think we'll be able to do whatever we need to do but uh i if i feel like if, if i feel like lsu wins i think if we if it's close, it's not going to be, I don't think we're going to get into a shootout. I think it's going to be, we might have just a little bit of trouble scoring, you know, kind of get kind of just gelling as an offense. Yeah, I agree with a lot of what you said. Um, Thompson Robinson, I think most people just call him DTR uh, for their quarterback. Yeah. He's his third year starter was one of like the top dual threat quarterbacks coming out of high school. Uh, so yeah, he's a really good athlete. And I think that's probably, one of the lone places where you kind of give the check to UCLA kind of in terms of favor, at least experience over, over LSU, but most well, of the other three areas starter, I think we've right? got. Yeah. That's what I was saying. So he's been through it all. And like last year, UCLA went three and four. Uh, so not amazing, but their biggest loss was by seven points. So they played every single game close. Um, mm-hmm. So that could have easily been like five and two the other way or something had things broken a little bit. Uh, but they're a high-scoring team, so I think we're actually going to – both teams are going to put up some more points, and that'll be a good first test of our, our offense. But I think we come out on top maybe about like 10-ish or so, um, around like maybe 35 to 25, somewhere in there. But, yeah, like you said, we'll break that down next week. Yeah, but just watch TR Saturday. Uh, I think it's 2.30 against Hawaii uh, when they're playing, so that'll be a nice little, little appetizer. Yeah, wait, is that 2.30 – what is that local time? Two thirty central 2:30? time, I believe. Okay, okay. So that's probably. Wait, like- so is that like a ten thirty a.m. game in Hawaii? <laughs> yeah, that's what I was about to say. That's as insane if it is. Um, yeah. 
I don't know. I feel like Hawaii's football team should just base their operations out of like Southern California or something, just, just because of this time, this time difference. Uh, but you know, as far as, uh, as far as UCLA, I agree with you. Yeah. I don't, I don't think they would, that they're going to face a defense like they have ours. Plus, uh, you know, I, I think it's going to be slightly different because, you know, we're going to have a, a new defensive coordinator and hopefully, I, I don't know, something different to, to show teams. Like they have film on LSU last year, but honestly, I, I don't know if any, any of us would say, yeah, you could use film from last year and base it off of this, this team's productions because, uh, you know, it's going to be different. The offense is going to be different. The defense is hopefully going to be way better. Uh, it's not going to be these. It's going to be different too. I think theoretically we should have a, a different scheme. Yeah. Well, there's just, uh, I'm just hoping there's not going to be all these blown coverages. And that's yeah. really what's sunk the Tigers in some of these winnable games last year. It's like, you could tell it was just bad communication, something that they've talked about that, you know, they didn't have last year because everyone was separated. They were, they're all quarantined in different areas, different pods or, or what have you. So I, I think the communication is going to be better and the LSU is not going to get beat over the top at least not as much as they did last year. And, mm-hmm. you know, even, even if that's half as much, that's, that's a remarkable difference. So that's, that's what I'm looking forward to. Uh, you know, you could say they have some offensive tape on us, but not, not as much. Cause you know, we're bringing a new coach there as well. Um, and I don't know, I just imagine it to be slightly different, different players, different, you know, it's, it's, it's Max and, uh, you know, Butte, not, um, you know, whoever was quarterback last year and, uh, you know, Terrence Marshall for X amount of games. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Who looked good in a uh, preseason, by the way, a lot, a lot of times. Oh, yeah, I saw, I saw his, his touchdown for uh, Carolina. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so having said that, uh, just to bring it back to us, uh, I don't know. I, a week after LSU faces usually out West, then they have a, a nice, uh, home game against McNeese State on September 11th at 8 p.m. But uh, I don't know. It's it's going to be a, a you know ho- hopefully a, a wild night in Tiger Stadium like you're used to. I don't know the fact that it's you know McNeese State you know as opposed to somebody else. I don't know if that is you think that's quarterbacked by Coach O's son. Yeah, I think that's. Oh the- yeah. Well, I don't know if that's going to fill the stadium though, right? Like that's that's a great storyline. But do you think it's going to like fill the stadium? Like, do you think, I don't know, do you, what's the vibe in Baton Rouge? Do you guys think it's going to be like a ruckus crowd that night because it's the first came back as, you know, because it's possible now? now that typically, they have typically the first game will get a good showing for the first like quarter and a half. By halftime, it's probably like, like half the stadium's cleared out. Yeah, we'll, we'll give you the halftime. Yeah. One one thing I think they have in their favor is it's already scheduled for a seven p.m. game, so as opposed yeah. to like a noon or like a two thirty, just cook yeah. out in the sun. Um, so we <laughs> might get a little benefit there, but yeah, I think it'll be full. People are going to be happy with like the hundred percent capacity. Fingers crossed, right now, um, ready to light it up in Tiger Stadium as opposed to last year. Uh, so maybe it'll fall off a little bit the week after Central Michigan, but I think McNeese it'll be pretty pumping just because people are hungry for it. Uh, to start off the season, but I think we go, yeah, back to back easy dubs there. Yeah. So neither one of you guys are going to take the hot take that Coach O's son is going to beat his his team in <laughs> in, in Tiger Stadium. If, if McNeese beats LSU, then you need to check to see if like Coach O had had money on McNeese or something. I feel like we're taking a dive at that point. <laughs> oh well, yeah, I think, I think O said a couple of weeks ago. 
I was like, I'm gonna give him a hug after the game, but we're gonna give him all we got during it or something like yeah. that. <laughs> That's kind of funny. Yeah, I, I hope Coach O is not. He, I don't think he's. I don't want to say dumb enough, but yeah, I don't think he's dumb enough to throw a game just so his son could win one. Because you know, there's there's some uh, there's some unit expectations with this team. Uh, you know, you could say it's every year you could look at LSU either going you know barely above 500 or you know they could take they could take the West. Who knows? Uh, but you know, at least after uh, McNeese State, they have another you know s- soft uh, run up to the SEC schedule. They got Central Michigan coming in same time, basically. You know, it's another mm-hmm. night game in Tiger Stadium. Uh, I think it's I don't know maybe it's a lot to ask the Tiger faithful to come in two weeks in a row. But like you said, it's a night game. Hopefully, they're into it. Plus, you know they're. I don't want to say it's a guaranteed win, but it's a guaranteed win, right? Yeah, no, it should be. I think that it, if we're having trouble, and, and there have been, it's, it's a classic LSU move to have trouble with some of your your kind of money games. But when LSU, yeah. like, but that's usually what what's telling about like a, a, a good versus or a versus a mediocre LSU season is when we take care of business and the game is over within the first you know quarter, basically. That's when you know we've got we've got everything sorted out. Um, we shouldn't struggle yeah. against either of these two teams, and, and I don't anticipate we will. You don't have that like dicey one where they're like around even going into halftime. You're like, uh oh. And then sometimes they'll pull pull they'll pull it away as long as we don't have any like Troy disasters. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean I don't think it'll happen, but but every LSU fan knows that that it it, it is it is possible. Yeah, no, there's well, definitely history well, when, playing down to the opponents. Sometime. When do y'all think LSU suffers their first loss? Is it the week after that? Mississippi State away, Auburn after that one. How long can the Tigers stay undefeated? I I don't see us losing to Mississippi State. I don't see us losing to Auburn. Um, I think that Kentucky is the and, and a lot of a lot of odds makers are are saying that's the trap game on the road after playing a tough probably what's going to be a tough Auburn team. But I think when we we get Auburn at home and under a new um, New offense, new head coach. I think that they're going to have, uh, you know, I think it, I think they'll have some trouble. I think we'll beat them at home. But after, but I think it'll, it'll probably be one of the closest games we played to that point. Kentucky is one that that's like a, the trap game to watch. Um, I actually think we'll be okay against Florida, though. I think that what could come as our first loss might actually be Ole Miss. I uh, just if, yeah, Villas, you did what you said. No, no, you go ahead. I was saying, yeah, just like if LSU started seven and zero with wins against Auburn and Florida, like you said, Tommy, I think that'd be a as about as good as you can ask for for LSU for the most part. Um, but yeah, I, I was thinking kind of the same thing. I, I would guess that the first loss comes against Florida, um, and then I think we we might drop even three back to back to back Florida, Ole Miss, and Alabama, which would be pretty depressing um, after a six and a start to the season. But I think that's kind of what I'm leaning to. And then see, I don't think Florida is going to be, I think Florida is going to be down this year. I don't think, I don't see them being as tough as they were last year. I know that everybody's high on Emory Jones and everybody, you know, says that, uh, that Dan Mullen is going to turn him into the next offensive powerhouse, but I'm just, uh, I I think they're going to be down this year. I think we've got them at home. I think that's going to be a, the LSU Florida game at home is always a, a huge environment. And at that point, Let's say let's say we take care of business and like 
we should we all agree right we should beat kentucky right yeah if yeah. we lose to them it's it's not it's not because like we got outplayed or well, maybe we got outplayed but it's not because of like their talent matched up better than ours it's a you know it, we we fell to a to a lesser talented team but let's say like you said daniel we go six and oh so we take care of business against the teams we really should beat and we beat auburn um at home i think that at that point um you know florida at home that's kind of I, I feel like that's that's a that's a winnable game I'm not, I'm not as worried about that one. I am a little bit more worried about Ole Miss on the road just because they've got what many would call the best quarterback in the sec right now. in Matt Corral with Lane Kiffin with a lot of talent around him. Um, I think that'll, I mean, that, wouldn't you say that'll be the, the toughest offense we'll have played all year at, uh, to that point. To that point. Yeah. Uh, like everyone, yeah, everyone yeah, a lot of people, SEC doesn't, you know, they don't have, except for maybe Auburn and, uh, in in Ole Miss, everyone's bringing in somebody new, right? As far as uh, quarterbacks go, Georgia. Georgia, yeah, Georgia is, uh, not, but I'm just thinking like in the West, uh, Bo Nix, but, um, I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I guess I'm optimistic. I, I thought our, our first loss wouldn't come until November 6th. Like I, I understand the threat that Mississippi and in, in uh, maybe even I don't know Auburn or Florida. Although I I think the fact that we have Auburn and Florida at home, both you know bodes well for us. I, uh, yeah, I think I think the at home I, and and I've heard uh, and Josh Pate on Late Kick from the two four seven. He was talking about this I think in one of his most recent podcasts, and it, it's a good point. The the the, the odds makers in in las vegas right now are actually giving so like you know y'all know that like conventional wisdom and handicapping is home field advantage is like three points right like if you're going to get a, you know a three-pointed a bump when you're at home supposedly they're saying this year in college football you know lsu's home field advantage for instance is actually a lot of times people will give us more credit than three because especially if it's like a night game they're saying this year because so many young players who maybe their first year to start or their first year on campus was last year. They never got that full like sec in person, hundred thousand fan experience that home field advantage could play a much bigger role at the more, you know, big time environments like an LSU or a Bryant Denny or uh, Kyle field, Texas A&M. So I, I kind of do. I, I agree with you. I think us being at home against, uh, against Auburn or against Florida, especially Florida is going to be a, a little bit of like a, they got some turnover, um, you know, at the quarterback position and all around. Um, I, I think that gives us a, a, you know, gives us a little, a little bump that we might not be thinking about when you just look at like the roster one-on-one. Yeah. So you would, you could say it's, it's, it's plausible that LSU uh, enters their bye week after Mississippi with no more than one loss, but maybe undefeated at that point. I think it is possible. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I don't, I don't see a, a, uh, I mean, of course, last year we said the same thing. We said, Oh, we're starting off against Mississippi state. So it'll be, a, it'll be an easy win. And then we lost. So I, I hope that's not the case this year, but if everything is, if everything is as, as it appears to be, we should we should be at least six and zero, maybe seven and zero, going into uh, or I guess what would that be? That'd be eight and zero. 
eight and zero going into Alabama, but I, I I see us going at least probably seven and one. Yeah. Yeah, and given how many like kind of high profile ranked matchups there are at the beginning of the college football season this year, a six and zero or a seven and zero start, you could easily find yourself like number six Top or number five, five in the rankings. Yeah. Yeah, at that point, I mean, look back last year, North Carolina was a top five team in the week, like four or something when they were like four and over. Uh, so, I mean, if the pieces fall correctly, LSU could be in a really good spot. Um, but what about like in the in the back half of the season, we got Alabama away. That one, I'm probably gonna have to chalk it up, even if I'm being hopeful, uh, yeah. looking like our most likely loss. Arkansas at home, I think we can take care of business, although that could be a more dangerous game than you might think. Uh, Especially if you, you come off, if you come off a loss against Alabama, you know it's kind of a letdown. Mm-hmm. Yeah, ULM easy win, and then the last game, I think maybe one of the most interesting ones is the the final game two days after Thanksgiving, home against A and M. Like we don't really know about their quarterback situation. They're supposed to have like one of the best defenses in the country, um, which could shut down maybe kind of our inexperienced offense. Uh, but I think. Eh, I don't know if I could say a win or loss on that one at this point, but uh, I think overall, if I had to give a prediction, I think like eight and four on the season, I'm a little bit down, I think, as opposed to y'all. I think the key stretch, I think we're going to lose three straight in the middle, Florida, Ole Miss, and Alabama, uh, which we could either recover from or it could just derail the the train for the rest of the season. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Alabama is probably a you know 70% loss for us. Um, I, now I will say, I think this is going to be a down year for Alabama. Now I say that a down year for Alabama. So that, you know, theoretically that could mean a two loss season for them or a one loss season. But I do think I'm not, I'm not completely sold on Bryce young yet. Um, I know they've got a lot of young, like a lot of young talent at the skill positions that, you know, I'm, they're all great. I'm, I know they're all five stars. I know John Mechie's going to be great. Um, you know, is it, uh, is it Robinson, the running back? Is that right? Brian Robinson, Brian Robinson. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like mm-hmm. I know he's going to be good, but I, I just have a feeling that, and, and you've seen Nick Saban in uh post post like practice camp yeah, interviews. He's not happy with this team right now. Something's not meshing. I don't know now. I mean, you know, I don't know if he's overreacting kind of like when, you know, he'll scream about, when they're they're only up 35 points or whatever but i don't remember him being like you know visibly angry about mac jones mac jones's quarterback offense last year or something like that so i think um i think it could be a down year i think that you know it could be a year where where we might play him a little bit closer than than i mean especially closer than we did last year or something like that but um but I, yeah, I, w- I would if I had to put money on it right now. I'm saying I'm taking Alabama uh, against Arkansas. I, th- I think we'll probably take that one too. ULM is an instant win, pretty much. They're they're going to be one of the worst in the in the Sun Belt, I think, from, from what I've seen. And then A and M, A and M is another one where I I think I'm a little bit lower on A and M than than the the quote unquote experts are. A lot of people say A and M is going to be a, a championship contender this year, but. I don't know. You know, they lost Kellen Mond. They're they're start. They're what four or five year starter, and I think they're going to be starting Zach Calzada, or Hain- it's either Zach Calzada or Haynes King, which like Haynes King is what a redshirt freshman. Um. Yeah. So you know, I I just kind of feel like I feel like A and M is going to. I think they're going to be really good. Um. 
but I don't think they're going to be just a, a knockdown drag out team that just, you know, I, I think we'll, we'll definitely play them close if we, if we, if we do lose to them yeah, again, I think it's good that we're getting them at home though. And, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of bad blood between, <laughs> between, uh, A&M and LSU now. So, um, hopefully that, uh, you know, that can spur us on. Yeah. I think it's, I think it just sets up well though, that the, the last three games are at home, uh, especially with one with, uh, Louisiana Monroe. So, you know, after Alabama, you know, if, you know, if, if, if we're lucky enough to be in the position where, that's our only loss, or maybe it's not even a loss, you know, and it sets up with, you just have to get past Arkansas and then, you know, you have Louisiana Monroe and, you know, you have to think, well, that's, that's a, you know, if we had to sit someone out just to, to rest them for a week, that'd be it. Cause if everything was on the line at A&M, you have them at home, you'd have all the mint momentum at that point, I would think. So uh, to have three home games, I don't know that LSU's had that in quite a few years. So that's, uh, that that seems really comforting <laughs> you know just just to have three home games it's it's good if, and if uh I feel like if well I don't know you guys tell me if if they are in the position where that's their only loss and they're they're playing for something big or they have zero losses you know does that affect uh you know like because there's that game with Louisiana Monroe like do, do fans show out for that one at that point in the, I mean it's Louisiana Monroe last you know next to last home game in the season but you know, if your team's in position to play for something, you know, do the fans usually show up for that? I mean, I, I know that like That's in the, the, in the 2019 season, like when it got to the point where, you know, everybody was going to, where people pretty much do LSU was going to the playoff. Joe was, might win the Heisman and all that kind of stuff. Everybody started coming and staying at the games. Like tickets were, tickets were a lot, you know, like even like the, the lower games, like people were going to them. So um, I could see it happening, but that is that is going to be you know one of the one of the money games. Yeah, I think that's the one where everybody leaves because it's a bad opponent and cold. It's a homecoming, so it's cold and it's a homecoming. So the homecoming halftime show is like thirty minutes long. Oh, First yeah. half wraps up, people head out the stadium. It is in dead zone after that. <laughs> Poor ULM. <laughs> oh well. Who did LSU but, play yeah, in so, twenty nineteen? The like like second to last game. Uh, was that? Yeah, we'll check on that. Yeah, so so I said my overall season prediction eight and four. Uh, where are y'all at for like a, an overall record? Eight and four. Wow. Wait, wait. What was the um... well, last time? Last time that I predicted. Last time I predicted LSU to go have a bad season. It turned out to be a pretty good one in 2019. <laughs> um, I think I might have said nine and three in that one. Maybe even eight and four. But I'm pretty sure I did nine and three. And then last year. I don't remember what I did, but it was, it was 10 games. We knew it was going to be only be 10 games. I think I did eight and two and I was, uh, you know, it, there was one, one or two games where they really should have won, but they didn't. So I feel like I was only off by a game or two, even yeah. though the records were vastly different than what I had project, you know, instead of eight and two, they were five and five. So I, I think they make a, a, um, a, a improvement in the positive, uh, I don't know. I want to say, I, I really only see like, I don't know. I, again, maybe I'm just uh, a bliss, a blissful optimist and I only see two losses. There's always hope. Yeah. I, I think I only see two losses. So I'll go with that. Uh, I, I think uh, LSU maybe loses two, but wins the rest. Yeah. I, mean, I, th- I think, I kind of feel like 
can I can I say half? Can I say two and a half losses? I feel like um, I You're feel like we might split one. You know, I could see us splitting between either Florida or Ole Miss, and then Bama and A and M, and you know where maybe we lose to both of them or we split split those. Um, so I say you know two to three losses. Um, the sad, you know, the bad part is we'll probably. I checked a and schedule, so they're going to get Bama like week four, I think. So, you know, they might get their loss out of the way. Like, um, you know, in a world where maybe we lose to Florida, beat Ole Miss, and then, uh, and then like, you know, lose Alabama or something like that. Or maybe we go, we, we go undefeated and lose Alabama and then play A&M. If we lost to A&M, like, that could that could really hurt us because then we are having losses at the end of the season, whereas A and M could you know would would start with a loss to Alabama early on, so they do get kind of their probably their toughest opponent before us out of the way early. Um, so that's going to be an interesting game with a lot of implications. I feel like if both teams end up being pretty good, uh, but yeah, I'd say on the safe side, I guess I'll say nine and three. We lose we lose three games. We maybe you know. Ole Miss or Florida, Alabama and AM, but I could totally see us going, you know, having two losses or one loss. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll add this too. Um, I'll add this too. Uh, be- just because of, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be part of the ex- experience this year. You know, um, I-, I know everyone's opening back up like it is normal again and i i think that's that's what they should do and uh, you know lsu's probably the highly most highly vaccinated team i don't know i feel like somewhere in the sec because there's going to be some game where someone's just probably going to have to play their bare bones minimum like iron man football you know one you, think, gonna have to, you think somebody's going to forfeit a game yeah well that's what i was going to ask you guys because i don't know if the sec has some sort of clause like that i know in other conferences they do with the uh, Big 12 and I think the Big 10, I don't maybe it was the ACC, but they they they're instigating these these uh, these rules now to where if you don't have enough players to field a team, you automatically forfeit to where the other team gets the win. Uh, now, if you both are unable to field a team, um, I, I don't know I don't know what that does. But that, again, I, I I saw something this week that like the ACC and the Big 10 have that, but I, I didn't see anything about the SEC. So uh, I don't know. I, I don't. I'm not really worried about that with this, with LSU because they're uh, 99, if not 100, percent vaccinated at this point. So I, I don't know what other schools are at, but I mean, I don't know. It, maybe it could play into something, but I don't know. It's it's just you know, it's it's possible, right? It's 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 somewhat possible, but uh, I'm not worried about LSU. But I don't know. Maybe that's one of those teams where you guys think we have three losses. Uh, I don't know. I think uh, maybe one of these other teams has to forfeit for us, and that's that's the loss that we don't get. I don't know. That, yeah, that could be a thing. I know that. Um, now you're right, LSU. From what I heard, uh, I spoke to somebody who, who kind of knows the, the situation over there. Um, I think it, and, and this might have changed by now, but as of like two weeks ago or three weeks ago, all but one player on the entire LSU team were vaccinated. Right. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think that. Um, you know, I don't think we're going to have to forfeit a game because of some sort of COVID thing. Um, Auburn is one who could have some trouble because from what I heard, I, I heard this the other day, like their their vaccination rate is pretty low. So that's, you know, maybe maybe we don't have to play Auburn or something like that. I hope not. I hope that 
I hope we play everybody. I want to, I want to have a full season, but, um, but that's something to keep and consider Scott. That's a good point. Yeah. And I, I wanted to mention, we were talking about, Oh, y'all, y'all are giving some good cases, but what about like the worst case scenario last year was a talk of when we were in the losing record, like whether O is on his way out, what's oh, the, yeah. what's the minimum record needed to where coach O like would be gone at the end of the season? Like what a five or a six and six record? Like, is he gone with six and six or like, uh, even, even like is seven and five, not good enough. I don't think they'd fire him after seven five. I don't know that they would. I fire personally him. think six and six are worse. He's out. Uh, he'd have to get. But, but would you really fire Coach O because he went national title, five hundred in a weird year that no one saw coming, and then this year. So if he if he goes like eight and four, I mean he's fine. Even if he went, you know, seven and five, I, I still think he's fine. Other than that, his seat's his seat's hot. His seat is hot. I think I, I think that it's I don't know if it's necessarily a, a number. I think you're probably right about I think eight eight and four. Yeah, it, it depends on like when when and happens how and how he, it happens. It's how he loses. I mean, I think I think that this UCLA game is a big is a big game. I think if he I think if he lo- I think if we win, it's not really that big of a game. I think if he loses, it's a big game. Because you know, you want to win those those neutral site out of conference. Like that's a, it's a marquee kind of game. Like it's going to be on TV. Um, you know, it's seven thirty kickoff. Like I'm sure that's going to be one of the ones that they promote as the year. You know, as the as the week gets closer. Um, and it's at the Rose Bowl. You got to win that game. I think if you win, if you lose that game, you're off to a bad start. And um, you know, I, I think that we're all going like they're going to be they're going to be McNeese. They're going to beat Central Michigan. I think we're, we're we're solid on that. But where you get into where you get into trouble is if you lose to UCLA, and then maybe you lose that trap game we talked about to Kentucky. Then maybe you split Florida and Ole Miss. You lose to Alabama, and then maybe you lose to to A and M. You know, then you're sitting at four or five losses. I think that he's definitely in the hot seat. I I almost think that it. I guess the, the, the caveat to all of that, to, to the, the record talk is if he, if he's eight and four, he's going to get a bowl game. And then if you win the bowl game, you're, you're nine and four, which just sounds better, even though it's kind of like, you know, it's kind of whatever, but I, I do think that, and from what I, I, there is, there is a lot of talk around LSU right now um, within, you know, power, power circles. They want him out. There are a lot of people who don't, who don't think he's, the guy for the future, they don't think, you know, they think he kind of just lucked his way into and, and lucked his way into Joe Burrow, which gave us the national championship. And there are a lot of people, I mean, he was what the third choice, you know, like he was the interim coach. Like they, and then he was the interim coach. They wanted Tom Herman. They wanted Jimbo. They couldn't get either. So I, I do think that, that this is an important year for him to kind of save his job uh, maybe not to save it like he's going to get fired, you know, tomorrow if he, if he if he does something wrong, but save his job in the perception of like him going forward uh, as the as the head football coach of LSU. So I, I think that if he it, it needs to be a success, even if even if the record's not as good as kind of we predicted, like let's say they lose four instead of three, or they you know uh, I don't I think I think you're right, Scott. I think if he goes seven and five, it's 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 hot. His, the seat's going to get hot. 
But if you lose four, but it's maybe last second to A&M, uh, a close game with Alabama, and then, you know, uh, a close one with Ole Miss, I think, uh, you know, I think that's a little bit better. But if you, you know, if you start off with a loss to UCLA and, and then you lose to Kentucky and then maybe you come back and you beat Florida, but, you know, it's kind of one of those roller coaster seasons. I think he's going to be in trouble. Right. Well, you know, in, in here's, addition a, to here's a nightmare situation. What's that? One of the, the names that some people have kind of rumored for LSU is ULL coach Billy Napier, who's had a lot of yeah. success there. If they if they beat Texas week one and LSU loses to UCLA, people are going to be like, this guy can beat Texas with ULL's budget. Like, what can he do at LSU? Meanwhile, Coach O is fumbling the bag. Uh, and then so his, yeah, his seat's going to be very hot there. Um, but maybe he can right the ship and then it'll all be nothing. Um, I, I want UL to beat Texas anyway. Oh, yeah. Uh, just because. <laughs> Definitely. But I, I think for LSU, it depends uh, if and who they lose to and how. You know, yeah. like if there's uh cause you know, last year you, you look at five and five and you say, ah, oh, that's not that great coach, but you know, he lost his quarterback. He lost some other guys. Like he, every, it seemed like every week he either lost someone to injury or an opt out or, or something. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like no one, like it was just, it was the weirdest thing. It's like, usually you have guys, you know, we've had guys opt out before the season or they were kicked off the team before the season, not three games in, and then yeah. five games in somebody else. And then game seven, someone's like, you know what? I'm just, I'm done playing. I'm just going to save myself for the, you know, like what's going on here. So I, I think five and five is, it's going to be like, if, if coach O uh, only has one loss this season, no one's going to remember. No one's going to, well, they won't remember. I, I wouldn't say that, but they, they're not going to care that he had a five and five season, whereas he lost his quarterback midway through and had to start, you know, two different freshmen. Uh, granted, one's transferred, and we might we might see him in uh, in week what is it uh, five? But still, um, I, that's the only thing I can see. You know, if LSU were to go seven fives, like what happens? Like you know, you know, uh, you know, if something if if we lost someone to injury, and you know, you're just facing the same situation as last year. I, I think though that overall they'll fare better because the defense is going to be such a stronger part of the, such a stronger unit um a because we're gonna have you know just more more senior guys coming back but b there's just i don't think they're gonna have the communication breakdowns like they did last year so that to me alone accounts for probably i don't know seven touchdowns maybe that we're, we're not gonna have go against us that you just like oh my god you can see it unfolding on the tv it's like hike one two three that guy's what yep he's gonna score yep there we go it's <laughs> yeah exactly so i i think lsu is gonna fare way better than they did last year defensively which uh to me accounts for at least two two wins that you know maybe most people see as a toss-up any other big predictions or anything for the season things to look out for or watch or i know it's it's always hard to make these choices and you're like anything can happen in college football uh how about who's who's in your playoff uh four teams right off the bat for me it's the top five from the preseason top five but not number one i think it's clemson notre dame or not notre dame excuse me clemson ohio state uh georgia and oklahoma and alabama misses it Mm. so do you so you see them missing it by by like losing in an SEC championship maybe to Georgia. Yeah. I think Alabama loses like one 
in a regular season game and then loses the SEC championship and then they don't make it in with two losses. Okay. And Georgia, um, like, probably as a one-loss SEC champion does make it. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think that I like I like Georgia this year, although Georgia's had, had some uh, some injuries recently. Um, I think they had, they had an offensive lineman go down, and then their their big stud tight end Darnell Washington is when yeah. is is going to be unavailable for the Clemson game. So, um, yeah, I'm in, I'm interested I'm interested to see them. I'm holding right now. I'm holding a Georgia a Georgia uh, money line ticket against Clemson. I think they'll beat Clemson, or at least I thought they'd beat Clemson before all the injuries. But well, I hope they I hope it stays true. Um, I think Clemson's going to be down. I think Alabama's going to be down too. Too. So I kind of agree with you. Now it's going to be hard to keep Clemson out of the playoff just because of uh, how you know how kind of weaker the the ACC is. But uh, I think that I could see it happening with them. If, let's say they lose to they lose to, to Georgia in, in bad like in a bad game, and then uh, Georgia goes on to win very convincingly. Um, you know, for the rest of the season. So I, I think Georgia, yeah, I think I think I like your pick with Georgia in there. Um, I like Oklahoma. I think Oklahoma's going to be good this year. Ohio State, it's hard to beat against them, bet against them. Um, maybe, I think it might be, it might be the year, this could be the year for a, like a group of five team, like a, a, an undefeated Cincinnati, something like that, or a, um, Oh yeah, that, I had mentioned Cincinnati is like one of my dark horses to go like undefeated a couple of weeks ago, and yeah, I think they have a good chance to make the playoff. Or because like I feel like this year is pretty top heavy. Like there's not that many like guaranteed picks. Like I think Oklahoma is my lock of locks to make the playoff because I think they have yeah, like, I agree. one of the best teams and one of the easiest roads. But yes. then you start looking at like six through ten, you're seeing Iowa State, like North Carolina. You're like, are these teams going to make the playoff? And you're like, I don't know about this. So really, anybody's ball game. Yeah, I'm um, gonna I'm gonna go to Vegas and put some money on Coastal Carolina just in case. I, I know they're probably the way 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 outside, but oh, that payoff would be so worth it. <laughs> but that, but that's, uh, that's a pipe dream. That's gonna be a pipe dream. I might as well put money on the the Green Wave, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, but it would be I don't know maybe ULL could be uh, be one of those outside teams because you know they're in the what the Sun Belt. They just have to. Yeah went out basically um i don't know as far as um i know I, I still think uh there's a lot of a lot of teams that we just don't know what they're gonna do like alabama uh i don't know i, I could even put could put florida in, in that regard you know just teams that had a lot of turnover with their with their main talent um i don't know i i, do I think this be, could be another i think this could be another year with a two sec team playoff yeah that's that's um, possible. You know, I think that with with the Pac-12 being down, with uh, and then you know you go in with you think Clemson and Oklahoma are going to be locked probably right. Those other two teams, I, I could totally see you know you getting like like Daniel said uh, maybe a, a Georgia SEC champion and then a one loss SEC West team something like that kind of like kind of like what happened mm-hmm. in 2017. Yeah, or you know, you could see Georgia running the table, making the SEC championship game, and maybe they only lose by a touchdown. And so, oh yeah, they lose to a touchdown by to like an SEC West team. Yeah, yeah. And so then they're looking pretty at uh, like, well, uh, you know, whoever the number one team is, whether it's LSU, Alabama, whoever, uh, this team is undefeated. 
Uh, but they only, you know, they Georgia only lost by a touchdown. So mm-hmm. maybe Georgia. It also gets team. interesting if if that's like if the if if that's a one loss SEC West team coming in. Right. Oh yeah, um, that makes it even more interesting. Um. Yeah. I guess we, hey, but they, you know what? That's why they play the games. We we just got to get into the season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so they do play the game. So we'll, we'll, we'll at least have to wait for that to happen. Um, but uh, I don't know. I think that was about it. Um, yeah. I don't know. There's just some of the stuff coming out of camp, you know, I'd heard Mason Smith was just packing on weight based from when he came in here and uh, heard a lot of good things about him, but three sacks and a scrimmage. Like, do you think, like, I, I thought the, the, the offensive line was, you know, kind of coming along and uh, figuring out who was going to be the starters. But if you got a, a true freshman coming and getting three sacks, uh, I don't know. Is that is? I mean, does that sound like he's really uh, going to be this breakout star, or is it? Uh, you know, oh, it's a scrimmage. It's you know, they're just still trying to figure things out. But like, I don't know. Three sacks is a lot, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. No, you know, it's like we said earlier, Mason Smith is, uh, he was, uh, just rated as one of the, you know, preseason, uh, freshman all Americans. I think that he's going to be a linchpin of this defense and I'm excited to see him. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Do you guys have anything else with, uh, with football in mind? Cause, uh, LSU did have, well, they didn't really have a addition. They, they just had a previous basketball recruit that's kind of. I don't know. He um, re- not rebranded. I don't, I don't know what the word is. Uh, he reclassified. reclassified. He reclassified. But I don't. Do you guys have anything else else to say about football or no? I think that's I don't about think it. So we'll uh, we'll hit them hard with the football next week. I'm sure after we've seen UCL UCLA play and we're rare oh, to yeah. go. We're gonna hit them upside the head with it. Uh, talking tigs upside your head, but really quick, I want to talk about. So Juice Williams, he was going to come next year, but he is reclassified. And now he is going to come to LSU and he's going to be able to play immediately counting towards this, uh, this class instead of the 2022 class. Right. That's, I have that correct. That's, Mm -hmm. that's the the technical. Yeah. So he's going to be able to play immediately, which is amazing. Uh, But yeah, I don't know. I I didn't really see what the like how this came about. It's like if there was some story, if there was this was always a possibility, but they were just waiting on you know like some some grade to clear. I don't know what what they were waiting on. But uh, did did you see like how he was able to reclassify from next year to this year? Uh, not really. It's kind of weird how this happens sometimes. The kid is like, all right, I'm in college now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, with. Uh, I guess they, they finessed the academic loopholes and whatnot if they'd gotten ahead on their AP credits or, or who knows what. Um, but yeah, he was part of the Montverde, Florida national championship high school team this past year. And they'll be pairing, he's a combo guard. They'll be pairing him with five star forward uh, Efton Reed and then all the transfers that we've talked about uh, throughout the past year. So I think, yeah, with him getting on the squad, this is probably our best chance to make a deep run in a little while as far as basketball. I know it's early. Also, shout out Cam Thomas, former player who was the MVP of the summer league. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, he, um, was, he was lighting it up. You know, I don't know too much about him other than he's, you know, a highly touted player, but 
it is strange to me that like it basically just seems like these high schoolers just decide when they want to graduate now they're just like yeah i think i'm good now i'm gonna go on to college yeah uh and might as well right if you could uh if you could leave high school early halfway through your senior year to go to college and just start practicing with some guys that are going to it like you might even get some bowl game practices in that'd be awesome wasn't stingley practicing with the uh the team like when they were going to the bowl game i remember he that. did yeah, yeah like he, I, he practiced I mean, with him he was gonna play in it obviously but he got to practice with him i, mean, I don't know if he traveled probably not right but still it's just you, you get to be around that that's that's uh that's like just jumping ahead it's like these kids that go to high school early uh same thing little prodigies but mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I don't know. That's, I mean, you know, basketball teams got to be happy. I mean, they, they've had so many other uh, recruits and or transfers come in that um, I don't know. There's going to be a lot of hype around the basket around the PMAC in general with uh, men's basketball and women's basketball. Now that uh, um, Kramer Robertson's mom's going to be coaching and the women's <laughs> team's actually going to, I don't know. They're going to have a lot of expectations. Uh, there's going to be a lot of expectations uh, on the LSU campus in general uh, this this sports season, I would imagine. Not just with football, but and basketball. But you know, plenty of time to get into that as well. But uh, um, as far as uh, basketball goes, good news. As far as football goes, I, I think good news. And um, I think there's going to be one more scrimmage, and then they'll probably after this, you know, this next scrimmage, they're going to be just you know kind of taking it like just getting into the game prep mode. UCLA they're gonna have to leave way earlier just to go out to to LA to get ready for this game but um there's gonna be another scrimmage we'll have some more meaningful slash meaningless stats to to distribute but uh I don't know I I think that everyone seems to be happy with where they uh where they're at as a program you know right before this last scrimmage no no like glaring holes no no not really um just the injury, you know, injuries, trying to stay healthy is kind of the main thing that I'm hearing. Yeah. Which I, I think some of it, you know, they're just being overly cautious, if not just, you know, just saving them for later, basically. It's like, we, why do we need Elias Ricks and Derek Stingley out here? We we, we don't. We don't really. We, we know what they're capable of. Just rest them up. You know, even if they just uh, you know got a little slight sunburn, they can sit out a few days. We're okay with that. But I don't know. I, I would like to see him get some action before they play UCLA, though, right? Like, you don't want him going out there rusty and cold and just, like, underperforming. But I, I, don't know, I guess that's where you kind of got to put the trust in, you know, in the, yeah. in the coaching staff. Trust to know, as they say. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Anything else before we head out? I think that does it for us. Yeah, that's a wrap. Watch uh, UCLA Hawaii Saturday two thirty, and uh, we'll have that coverage for you next week. One more pod till football season. Right on. Uh, I will check out that UCLA Hawaii game. I don't know. It might be a barn burner. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> but um, you know, at least like you said, uh, whoever said it earlier, uh, it, it's going to be football, <laughs> and and we'll take it just to get us get us primed for uh, some semblance of normalcy, uh, which hopefully is going to take place on September 4th. But uh, until then, we're going to uh, see what happens this week and have uh, some more information for you next time on Talking Tigs. So until then, stay safe, stay tuned, and we will talk to you next time on Talking Tigs.